What's going on, everyone? Hey, welcome in to Plizolt's podcast, filled with glitchy analysis and freezing cold takes so cold that they're boiling hot. Today's podcast is proudly sponsored by Hungry Howie's Baton Rouge. Check out their website for both takeout and delivery orders. Right now, they've got a special. Get a large one-topping pizza for just $7.99. Thank you so much to Hungry Howie's Baton Rouge. Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of different NFL theories and thoughts. I just wanted to get into uh, before the offseason starts. So, without further ado, first thing on the board. Tom Brady, if he plays another year, where is he going to go? In my opinion, we should be looking at Miami. Now, this hasn't been a topic of conversation over the last few months because Tua has been able to play so well, but the Dolphins have been trying to lure Tom Brady to Miami since 2019. Combine that with this list. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked washed this season. Chris Godwin is recovering from an ACL tear, and he hasn't looked like he used to. The Buccaneers lost two key interior offensive linemen in free agency this year. Leonard Fournette is not the same anymore, and the Bucs wide receiver core can't all be 100% healthy at the same time. Tom Brady is finally showing his age and is now more than ever looking at maybe retirement. It's time to get him some help. He needs it. He needs all the help that he can get. Tua has shown his true colors the last four games that he played. It's clear that he can't compete with the top AFC quarterbacks right now. And without somebody like Brady, the Dolphins are stuck in a perpetual cycle of competing for the AFC wildcard spot year in and year out. And they're never going to make it past the divisional. They're not competing for an AFC championship. Brady is an unrestricted total free agent this offseason like he was three years ago. And the last time that he did it, where did he go? To a South Florida team just a QB away from a Super Bowl with a good defense and a lot of weapons. Now, who does that sound like? The Miami Dolphins. This is also a side note, but it's been reported that Sean Payton is assembling the greatest coaching staff of all time. I wouldn't imagine he's doing that to join a rebuild. He's going to find a team primed for Super Bowl success. Best believe Brady will be shortly behind him this season. And there have now been rumors leaked by multiple NFL reporters that the Miami Dolphins are thinking about maybe firing Mike McDaniels. I don't get that, but I guess we'll see. That sounds like a very interesting rumor at this point in time. Okay, I would not be surprised to see the Dolphins bail on the Tua experiment. And while Mike McDaniel has been extremely impressive, he's not on Sean Payton's level just quite yet. Okay, Mark my words, if Tom Brady goes to Miami, they will make the AFC Championship game and quite possibly the Super Bowl. Next thing we're going to talk about today is bad coaching hires. Okay, With the parting of ways between the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett a couple weeks ago, the debates from last year have resurfaced. Is this the worst head coaching hire in NFL history? Now, Urban Meyer set the bar pretty damn low, lower than ever before last year. Cheating on his wife in Cincinnati, not traveling with the team, kicking rehabbing players, mocking his coaching staff, and benching pro bowlers? Okay, 
he was easily dubbed the worst head coach hire in NFL history last year after he only lasted 13 games in his rookie coaching season. According to multiple reports, Meyer didn't even know who Aaron Donald was. He said watching the tape, who's that number 99? Now, when my dad asks who Aaron Donald is, I get it. But when the head coach of a professional football team making millions of dollars asks who it is, so many red flags pop up in my mind. I'm describing all this for a reason. I still think Nathaniel Hackett is the worst head coach in history. The reason that Nathaniel Hackett was the worst head coach in NFL history was because of the expectations that were laid at the feet of the Broncos shortly after the Russell Wilson trade. Last season, the Jags made zero noise in the offseason. The team was in full rebuild mode, and winning a division or making the playoffs was nowhere near the conversation that they were having. Now, while having the worst record in the league was far from what was expected, it was not out of the question. The Broncos, on the other hand, were poised at minimum to make the playoffs. This season, we've gotten to watch a team with a top five defense and one of the worst offenses in NFL history, especially given the talent. Russell Wilson went from an all-pro Super Bowl winner to the worst statistical starter in the league this season. Never in a million years did anyone see this happening. I know you didn't. Don't claim that you did. The Broncos couldn't run, couldn't throw, couldn't catch their way out of the struggles that they had. The defense and overall team chemistry has been toxic all year long. And once a Super Bowl hopeful becomes a team competing for a top five pick without the pick, they traded it to Seattle. Hackett's coaching shortcomings cost the Broncos not only this season, but potentially even more. Like the Jaguars last season, the Broncos have now got to find a new head coach, but the difference between the two is the Broncos' locker room is divided on the quarterback. The best part about Urban Meyer's firing was that there wasn't anyone who wanted him to stay. The whole team was ready for him to go, and there wasn't anyone who had ostracized themselves by over-associating with Meyer. Russell Wilson and Hackett, on the other hand, are so connected by the media that according to reports, it's leaked into the locker room. Will the players mentally sign on for another season of letting Russ cook? No one knows the lasting efforts of Nathaniel Hackett's botched coaching job. The Broncos have to get a strong replacement to reestablish the authority that a good head coach has in Denver and re-up the confidence in their $250 million quarterback. They can't get rid of him. Recently, coaching hires have been subpar to say the least. Why? To me, it's because NFL teams are getting more and more relevant and popular in a globalizing game. Let me explain. Now more than ever, there are new fans from all over the country and more importantly, all over the world. Teams are now traveling to London, Mexico, and Germany, and sooner or later, Tokyo, Toronto, and other places. What do all of those new fans want to attach themselves to? 
They want to be a fan of a good team. And why are fans so important? Money. And that's the drive for these owners and desperate general managers. And it trickles down into the executive staffs, the coaching staffs, and even down to the players. That pressure to be good now is why so many teams are stuck at the bottom of the barrel or competing for wild card spots year in and year out. It's why coaches like Nathaniel Hackett get hired. They're just throwing the kitchen sink and hoping that it hits something. Hackett was originally hired as a luring point to bring in Aaron Rodgers to Denver. In my opinion, Hackett was not hired for his expertise, and that's the problem. He didn't even call plays in Green Bay when he was an offensive coordinator at some point. No one called Hackett a leader of men when he was hired, a culture builder, an X's and O's guy. So it seems to me that this is a wasted hire, an extremely risky gamble. I mean, look at some of these recent hires and how they've worked. Dennis Allen, he's a safe hire meant to keep the Saints in the playoff hunt. But if you looked at the reality of the situation, the Saints have been coasting down from the high of being cheated out of beating the Rams in the 2018 playoffs. Sure, they've stayed competitive almost every single season since then, but what fans have they gained? What notoriety have they gained? Staying relevant versus resetting your culture? Which one is more important? Josh McDaniels. A situation similar to the Broncos, the Raiders made the playoffs, but lost to the Bengals. What did they do, though? They doubled down on losing the wild card and tried to re-up with the same team to make some huge leap. Now, they did a decent job by getting Devontae Adams, and they hired a fluke offensive coordinator who failed miserably as a head coach and got caught cheating as a head coach and never had any success outside of being the offensive coordinator for none other than the greatest player of all time, Tom Brady. That's a bust. They might keep him, but I don't think he's winning anything unless Brady goes to sign with the Raiders. Another bad head coaching hire, Jeff Saturday, a coach with absolutely zero coaching experience on the college or the pro level. It's almost like the complete and utter desperation to replace Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning is still showing. I feel bad for Frank Wright. I can't believe that he was put in such a bad position. Okay, now let's look at another bad coaching hire, Lovey Smith. I mean, really? What even was this hire? He went 17 and 38 at Illinois, for God's sakes. There's no more to be said on that matter. I cannot believe that he's even a head coach. In my opinion, I, I'm just, never mind. I don't even have an opinion. It just blows my mind that they hired that guy. Now look, hindsight is 2020, And at the time, I'm sure all of these coaching candidates looked like good hires. But when it comes to looking at more than just the present, the past matters. And all of these coaches do not have a strong past that bolsters them as good head coaching candidates. I'm not sure what general managers and owners were thinking with this. Look, 
the bottom line is these owners are businessmen and women. They have, all have net worths, investments, most importantly, egos to protect. The last thing one of them wants to do is tank and watch their multi-billion dollar asset lose game after game and lose value. And I don't blame them whatsoever. That's what anyone in their right mind would want to do in any other aspect of life. If you were losing your assets at an investment firm, would you not try to change it up or fire the investment firm and hire a new one? That's not how the NFL works. The teams that win Super Bowls win them the smart way. You don't win Super Bowls with Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, or Jared Goff. As much as people want them to win, those big games almost every time, the team with either a transcendent quarterback or the better roster in football get to play in February. We've seen it over and over and over again. If things look bleak come the new year, it's time to hit the reset button. Bail on the veterans that are keeping you relevant. Accumulate draft picks and cap space and find a head coach that can steer a losing locker room towards a winning culture. That being said, here are, in my opinion, the best coaching candidates for this offseason. These candidates are in no particular order. First on my list, though, Jim Harbaugh, a coach that has done it at the pro level already and gotten a team to a Super Bowl. Harbaugh has an immense amount of experience, both the pro and college level, and is poised to make noise in front offices across the league this offseason. Number two, Dan Quinn, another extremely experienced former head coach that looks like a leader of men in Dallas and is a great X's and O's guy on defense. The Cowboys pass rush is one of the best in the league. Put him with a capable quarterback and that team can accelerate to new heights just like Matt Ryan did in 2016. Kellen Moore, okay? You're looking for the next young offensive genius? Kellen Moore is 100% your guy. He's melded offenses that have been top 10 over the last five years. And those offenses have seen star tackles, wide receivers, and quarterbacks come and go and get injured and leave. When it comes to moving the football, he's the next great Sean McVay type. Next up, Frank Reich. After going 10-6 and in his first season, Here's what he dealt with in Indianapolis. Retiring Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, and old Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, and Nick Foles. My God, give this man another chance to do something with a quarterback that's not 38 years old, a backup, or a turnover-prone mess, and maybe he'll win some more games. This is the last coaching candidate that I already spoke about earlier in this podcast, Sean Payton. Now, to me, this is the number one option for all teams in the offseason. The Broncos should start March by kissing his feet and offering him the death penalty for Broncos country. Let's ride. The phrase has got to go. Sean Payton is the best coaching candidate, and they are going to throw a bag at him. I'm not talking just about the Broncos. I'm talking about almost every single NFL team with a coaching vacancy. And that's going to do it 
for this episode of Plazant's Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you.